Welcome to the Xterra Podcast. I'm Tom Patton. The Xterra mission is to explore and discuss the business of space and its effect on the national and global economy as well as life on Earth. How does what happens in space affect your life every day? That's what we're exploring on the Xterra website as well as on this podcast. My guest is Frank White, a space philosopher that wrote an influential book called The Overview Effect, Space Exploration and Human Evolution, which along with his follow-up book, The Cosma Hypothesis, Implications of the Overview Effect, speaks to the change in perspective people experience as a result of going to space. A lot of space tourism going on right now, so this is going to be an interesting conversation. Frank, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Tom. It's great to be here. and it's, it's an exciting time to talk about these issues. It certainly is. Talk a little bit about your background, though, first. How did you get involved in, and become interested in exploring the overview effect? Well, my first cousin uh, tells me that at the age of five, I informed her that we were going to have to leave this planet. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and I told her, I said, uh, you know, planets don't go on and on forever and uh we're gonna have to go so what's interesting about that is i totally have no recollection of it but it is the message that i am now sharing with people and we'll get into that more later but um the second milestone was when my mother gave me a book called stars which was about astronomy and that began a major exploration of of the universe uh you know in in astronomical terms and then i guess i would i would really fast forward to apollo and the 1960s you could not be interested in a way sure. if you were following anything going on in the news and i'd had my dreams of being an astronaut and uh all of that but I do not have the degrees or the background to even apply. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, I, I went to Harvard in order to pursue social science and history and that sort of, um, that sort of subject. But the breakthrough came when I discovered Gerard K. O'Neill's Space Studies Institute. Uh, Jerry was developing a comprehensive plan for human evolution out into the solar ecosystem. I was fascinated with it because it was quite holistic and practical. And I was welcomed to the Space Studies Institute because they were looking for everybody to get involved. Mm -hmm. um, poets, philosophers, astronauts, uh, chemists, engineers. And so one day I was flying cross country and thinking about life in an O'Neill community and I had what can only be called an epiphany, looking down at the earth and thinking about looking at it from a greater distance. And it just came to me, uh, these people would have an overview of the planet. They would clearly see it as a whole system. They would just start at a point philosophically that we're trying to get to. Um, that was the 1980s. And that's when it really began. 
So, so that kind of describes what the overview effect is. Is that a fair assessment or do you have a different definition for that? And also if you could explain to us what you mean by the Cosma hypothesis. Okay, well, yeah, that, that is how the overview effect started. And it's important to clarify this because the overview effect is now famous as an experience of astronauts. But at the time, it wasn't about astronauts at all. It was about people living in the future who did not live on the surface of the Earth. The Earth would be hanging in the sky. It wouldn't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. They would just be more advanced in their consciousness than we are. And it would just be taken for granted. But there were no future people, and there aren't any today who are living. That we know of. <laughs> we know of. Uh, yes, well said. So I thought, well, maybe astronauts would be good proxies. They're close to that. But then that changed the definition, honestly, because for astronauts, it's extraordinary. It's a shock. Many astronauts talk about tears coming into their eyes when they see the Earth for the first time. And that's led to an understanding of it as a cognitive shift that happens to people who go into orbit or go to the moon and not people who are living permanently off the earth. And it also leads to a new hypothesis, which is if we can bring the overview effect down to earth, it'll change the thinking on the surface. The Cosma hypothesis, and incidentally, there's a second book in the trilogy called The New Camelot. Mm. And that's a radical reinterpretation of Apollo and what that was all about. Um, But I had the idea for Cosma almost simultaneously or maybe a year after the overview effect. And the reason is I was finishing up the overview effect and Challenger happened. And I was watching a show called This Week with David Brinkley and they had Isaac Asimov and Tom Wolfe on. And Tom Wolfe was asked the question, aren't we kind of using banal reasons for space exploration like nonstick frying pans and and yet people are dying? I mean, there must be some greater purpose. And Tom Wolfe said, yes, you're right. You're exactly right. We've never had a philosophy of space exploration. That's when I became a space philosopher. I mean, uh, I was not up to the task really, but I didn't see anybody else doing it. And so in Cosma, I asked the question, why? Why? Why has evolution, four and a half billion years of evolution, have created you and me, astronauts, entrepreneurs, people who want to leave the planet Earth? And the insight that I had when I began that work was, we always justify it on how it's going to help us. It's always, how are we going to benefit from this? Now, so, yeah. No, no, go ahead. Well, the hypothesis is that we're doing it to benefit the universe mm-hmm. and, and, and the solar system by bringing life and intelligence and self-awareness to larger and larger uh, sectors 
of the universe. And I'm not totally new in saying this. Carl Sagan said something like it. You know, we are we are the way for the universe to know itself and so on. Rick Tomlinson thought talks about we are here to go there. But the hypothesis is that there's a reason for us to explore, develop, and ultimately, and this is an important point, migrate in large numbers off of the earth. There's a reason that has only a little bit to do with how it benefits us. And yeah, go ahead because uh, you yep. have- I was gonna say, it, it sounds as if, you know, you wrote the overview effect initially in 1987. So it sounds as if your perception then of that phenomena has actually changed in those intervening years. To some extent it has. I mean, in one way, the perception of the overview effect has changed from space people to astronauts. But then in Cosma, I realized that I had focused almost entirely on astronauts view of the earth. But you know, they, they actually see the universe in a different way. And I went back to all my interviews and the Cosmo Hypothesis has excerpts from every interview I had done, but astronauts talking about what it was like to look into deep space. Mm -hmm. and, and that is a different phenomenon. I mean, that, that is a different shift in consciousness. And so the overview effect, I think, has now become a bigger idea or a bigger theory, and more has been added to it. I think the nearest thing I've come to maybe experiencing that is staring off into the abyss on a, on a scuba dive, but it's, it's maybe oh, yeah. it kind of has that same, same kind of perspective. I have heard people say that. Uh, I have... Uh, I have a weekly meeting on Wednesdays at noon where people come and talk about the overview effect and large scale space migration. And one of our members is a very experienced scuba diver and he always makes the comparison. Mm. Uh, and actually I have an interview. I don't think I can reconstruct it well, but, uh, one of the astronauts I interviewed, I think it was Anne McLean, made that comparison that looking off into the cosmos was very much like being underwater and looking off. And I think what she said was it just goes on and on and on. And now the ocean, of course, doesn't. Right. Uh, but the universe does as far as, as far as we can tell. You talk, Frank, about developing a philosophy of space exploration and settlement. So how do you envision that? Well, I think the most important part about it is what we just talked about, which is looking at our departure from planet Earth as a symbiotic relationship with the space environment, not exploitative alone. Now, I say not exploitative alone, because in order for space commerce to happen, there has to be some exploitation of the environment. That's how, that's how commerce works. But we're well aware of the problems that we've had on earth when we thought, oh, you know, the earth is just like a treasure chest. We can do anything we want. Mm -hmm. um, it goes on forever and ever. And I think partly due to the overview effect, we're now seeing ourselves in a symbiotic relationship to the earth and that 
that we really have to uh, we have to work with the earth uh, if we're if it's gonna if it's going to sustain us. And so I think it is a sustainable view of moving off the planet. And you know, one one philosophy that is out there is that, oh, you know, once we get off this finite planet, the universe goes on forever and ever. There's so many resources. We don't have to worry about that. But I think that might be a false premise. And I think we should be very, very careful. Um, you know, if you just look at the problem of orbital debris, that, that's a problem of not thinking very far ahead. And it's not only not benefiting the earth, it's not benefiting us. I mean, it's really creating problems for us. So the philosophy is one that thinks about what we can give to the environment as well as what we take. In that sense, it's an environmental awareness, but we're thinking of a new ecosystem, which is the solar ecosystem, as well as the terrestrial ecosystem. Do current events like the invasion of Ukraine, as well as other terrestrial conflicts, really point a need to have a different perspective on such things? Or is that, am I, am I overthinking that? No, I think you're proving. I think you're proving the point. Um, uh, <clears throat> over the weekend of the 11th through the 13th of this month, we had an overview effect film festival okay. and it was the first one. And of course the war in Ukraine was maybe two weeks old. And we thought about canceling it. Like how can we have a festival? That's a celebration. What, what is there to celebrate? But we decided there was never a better time to have uh, a different perspective and to share it. And what I said in my opening remarks was, this war is the product of the consciousness, the level of consciousness on the planet. We, we can't do a lot to stop this war right now, but we can keep raising the awareness of the earth as a whole system the astronauts talk about we're all in this together. You know, we need to have that understanding. The astronauts talk about there are no borders or boundaries. They're all in our minds, mm -hmm. you know, and this war is the product of, of perception and consciousness. Um, President Putin, you know, I'm not sure whether his mindset is 18th century, 19th century or 20th century, but he's trying to get back to a prior time and he's very conscious of borders and boundaries obviously i mean in an odd way he is saying the border between ukraine and russia doesn't matter right and therefore i'm going to wipe it out that's not what we're talking about <laughs> you know that's not the idea but i i think although for many of my friends who want to bring the overview effect down to earth. This has felt like a setback. I think it's just more of a uh, indication that we need to have this insight, this overview. And, and we have to hope that people will start to behave differently. And that's the goal is to get a different behavior pattern on the surface. This is kind of an off the wall question. 
but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, okay. should, should world leaders be required to go into space for some period of time before being allowed to run a country? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they should. Um, it's interesting you asked that question because I'm working on a paper on the overview effect and space diplomacy. Uh, and I pose for myself the question, what does it really mean to say there are no borders or boundaries when seen from orbit or the moon? What does it mean in terms of what we ought to do? Should we have a borderless world? Should we have open borders? I don't think that is really the answer in and of itself. But I think if world leaders, and you know, we could define that in many ways, were to go into orbit and spend a week there, especially if they went with people they don't agree with, they, they would be different, I think. I, or let's go back to the hypothesis. My hypothesis is it would make a difference. And if you, if you look at the interviews with astronauts in my book, it's remarkable how many of the astronauts said that would be a good idea. And, and in my paper, one thing I've suggested is it's hard to get people into orbit even now, but we're making really great strides with virtual reality. And I could see requiring every diplomat at every State Department to experience something like this new VR thing experience called the infinite. Um, people say it's really close to the real thing. And then they, they could come back, they could still represent the United States, they could still go to conferences, but they'd have this new layer of insight where I believe you could negotiate for your country and for the planet at the same time. And I think it would, would uh, have an impact. And, you know, the, the analogy I used was I worked at the State Department when I was 20 years old and I had to go to a workshop on security, uh, you know, security practices and everybody had to go and it was just you didn't argue about it so i think you could have everybody at least watch. there's some great films to watch about the overview effect you could go watch a film and i i think the problem with the idea of world leaders going is immediately it sounds like a fantasy and what would be better is to think about people doing it maybe not in quite so dramatic a way, but it might still have an impact. At least less of a chance for the rocket to blow up getting them there. <laughs> yeah, and, and they wouldn't have to bring the Secret Service. And, yeah. and I would even say entrepreneurs ought to, I mean, you can't require an entrepreneur to do anything because that's the whole point of being an entrepreneur. You want mm -hmm. to do your own thing. But I, I would love for as many entrepreneurs as possible to grasp this concept and conduct their business in, in that way that they have this extra level of awareness.
I'm talking with Frank White, author of The Overview Effect and The Cosma Hypothesis on the Xterra podcast. Take a moment right now to click subscribe so you don't miss any of the podcasts or if you're watching on YouTube, any of our videos from Xterra, the Journal of Space Commerce. Frank, we've had the first space tourists now, and there's going to be more private astronauts like the Inspiration4 mission, as well as the first purely commercial astronauts coming up on the X-1 mission by Axiom Space. Won't this begin to change things here on Earth on, on how people perceive our planet? I think there is no question about it. Um, <clears throat> one interesting uh, story I tell a lot is we, we have a lot of experts on the overview effect now. Uh, and quite a few of them were saying to me, you know, I don't think, I don't think Blue Origin is going to work. I don't think Virgin Galactic is going to work. Uh, they're not far enough away from the Earth. It's too fast. I don't think it's going to have an impact. And my response, again, trying to be scientific about it, is let's wait and see. We have very little experience with suborbital flight. And let's see what happens. Well, Jeff Bezos came back and he said, I'm, I'm different, I'm changed. And he started putting a lot more money into climate change. Uh, now, there are plenty of people who are incredibly cynical about Jeff Bezos and they, they don't believe it. And I read an article that said, there is an overview effect, but Jeff Bezos did not experience it. <laughs> mm. So, okay, fine. Um, but William Shatner might be a better case in point. Anyone who saw him emerge from the capsule, mm -hmm. his mind was blown. I mean, he was grasping for the words. And uh, <coughs> a lot of my friends were emailing me saying, Bill Shatner, he experienced the overview effect. Did you, hear, did you see that? And I said, yeah. But I've interviewed some other people who've gone on Blue Origin <coughs> excuse me and they confirm i actually believe distance and time were important mm -hmm. but they confirm that it may not be as important as we thought and one aspect that everybody agrees on is a lot depends on your openness to the experience you know i interviewed dylan taylor uh, and I have a before and after interview with him uh, on YouTube. And he said, you know, <coughs> excuse me. He said, anybody who says you can't experience the overview effect on a suborbital hop, I'm here to tell you the answer is you can. And so, yeah, it's going to have an impact. A bit of a philosophical question, though. I mean, how, how can you, and we've talked about this a little bit in the, the previous couple of previous questions, but how can you have world peace when it's challenging enough to get two people together in, to, to, uh, you know, to agree where to have lunch, yeah. you know, let alone take care of all these, these serious, serious problems we have on this planet today? Well, that's a really important question, and it, <clears throat> it suggests that we don't have a panacea. And I, one of the corrections I try to put in is that I'm not suggesting that uh, this experience creates a form of transformation that's permanent and frees you up from everyday life. Uh, 
I think it'll be, <clears throat> I think it'll be meaningful and incremental uh, that we'll see these changes. In fact, the changes may be subtle enough that we won't quite notice them. You know, I mean, we look back 100 years, 200 years, and we see how people behaved 200 years ago, and we're astonished. Mm -hmm. But probably, it's, it's probably the case that the changes weren't really noticed at the time, or maybe they were, but uh, they certainly weren't, they didn't happen overnight. So I, I think we need to play the long game and, and hope that we'll shift consciousness enough to make a difference. And what's important as we think about large-scale space migration, we don't want to take this same you know, bag of tricks off the planet. It will be a shame if we don't take the overview effect awareness with us and do a better job out there than we've done here. So it's a two-way street. Hopefully it'll help create world peace and greater humanitarian consciousness and all of those things we hear from the astronauts. Uh, but then also it'll change the way we explore and migrate out into the solar system. Going back to the space tourism thing just a little bit, because it has been criticized by some and including some people in, in some pretty high places uh, in government uh, as being a playground for billionaires. Yeah. But it, when you think about if a visit to space really changes people's perspective and outlook, shouldn't those same people be encouraging space tourism? It, it seems like if, if you want to get a better handle on things, why not try something different? Yeah. We have to realize that people see the world through their experience, their training, their understanding. So <clears throat> take me, for example, when I wrote the overview effect, it was obviously a positive experience. I saw that clearly in 1986, 87. <clears throat> and I immediately thought, let's see how everybody can experience it. And it was clear it was going to be commercial space flight and some sort of simulation like VR. So I've been waiting 35 years to watch the billionaires float around. Uh, so I see it as the beginning of more and more people having the experience. Someone who hasn't read my book doesn't know about space exploration. Actually, someone who doesn't know Jeff Bezos' plans for what he wants to do out there, which goes far beyond suborbital flight. Mm -hmm. They see billionaires having a good time and they say, that's unacceptable. I, you know, at this time, given what's going on here, that's, that's terrible. But if you look at the, the billionaires, you look at Richard Branson, you know, uh, you look at uh, Jeff Bezos, you look at Elon Musk, all of them have a vision for humanity that they're trying to implement. Uh, they're not there to make money. They've got money. They, they don't need the money. Um, are, are they having a good time? Yeah, of course. But, you know, Jeff Bezos is actually a devotee of Ger Gerard K. O'Neill. And he's laid out many times that he wants to build these 
structures in free space. And he believes it will benefit planet Earth for many, many people to leave the planet and allow the Earth to catch up. And we, we have probably gone beyond the carrying capacity of this planet with 8 billion people. The planet is really struggling to sustain us. And if you watch a uh, talk by Bezos, he starts out, he said, this is the best planet. We've been to all the other planets. This is the best planet. You know, I'm not looking for a plan B. And he's kind of digging at Elon Musk, who wants to go to Mars. Right. <laughs> Again, you may still not believe him. And you may still think he's going to implement nefarious labor practices. Uh, and he, he shouldn't do that. And I'm against that. Let me be clear. I'm not an apologist for him. But my point is, I do believe we should be promoting space tourism. And one last thing I'll say, the professional astronauts didn't go to have that experience. That was a secondary feature. They went for national security, for competition, uh, to do scientific experiments. The astronauts discovered the overview effect almost against the grain. <laughs> Quite you <know>? by accident. <laughs> yeah, it was by accident. And we have this famous film of Apollo 8 going around the moon. And one of them says, oh, look at the earth. Look, look at that picture. Get a picture, get a picture. And Frank Borman, who's in charge, we don't know if he was joking or not. He says, no, 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 that's not on the list. <laughs> that was Earthrise. One of the most famous photographs ever. Most now. famous photograph of all time. So now what we have is people who are going to have the experience. And if you don't think billionaires should exist, you're not going to be happy about it. That's just the way it's going to be. But unlike NASA astronauts who are really government employees, we're now sending people who have the ability to come back and, and really do something transformational with their resources. And I think our focus should be on how do we help them? How do we help them have the experience? How do we direct them to make good use of it? Not, not opposing it. Now, Frank, you're going to be a featured speaker at the Space Tourism Conference coming up in Los Angeles on the 28th of April. Can we get a, a teaser on your talk, a little bit of a preview? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's going to be space as inspiration, um, art, philanthropy, and the overview. And that's what I'm going to talk about, because the, the idea of space exploration and development and large-scale space migration, which is my current interest, is inspiring. It really is inspiring. And I, I think inspiration for, that was a good billionaire, incidentally. No, nobody really took pot shots at Jared no. uh, Isaacman because <laughs> he made it a charitable endeavor and he, he had a quite a diverse crew and everything. But <clears throat> um, the experience is inspiring for so many reasons. It's like reaching beyond 
what you thought you could do, whether you're a professional astronaut or a citizen astronaut. It's overcoming your fear. You know, Cyan Proctor talked about overcoming the imposter syndrome, which a lot of us have. Um, it's inspiring. If anybody's ever been to a spacecraft launch, you see what human beings can do when they work together instead of fighting, and it's inspiring. Um, so I'm going to talk about it as inspiration. My good friend Rod Pyle and I did a talk once called Space Hates People, but People Love Space. And the point is, Rod makes the point that the space environment is pretty hostile to humans. I mean, we can't live there without a huge amount of technological support. And, and so he says, space hates people. And I say, yeah, but people love space. There is something about it. And uh, there has been speculation that there is an explorer gene. There's something about it that draws us and calls to us. And uh, I, I recently interviewed Chris Bosshausen, who flew on Inspiration. Uh, I mean, not Inspiration 4, but Blue Origin. And he talked about the, somehow the space environment calling him to explore. And exploration inspires us. And this is the highest form of exploration we can come up with. I'm also gonna talk about the remarkable fact that artists are drawn to the overview effect. Mm -hmm. Whether it's in film or poetry or uh, visual art. I, I did a presentation on that at the International Astronautical Congress in 2019. And I started doing research on artists and the overview effect. To be honest, Tom, I was overwhelmed. Wow. There's so many artists. Uh, if you go to YouTube and just put in overview effect, mm -hmm. I did that. I ran, I just, I got tired of counting them. <laughs> There's so many films about the overview effect that I didn't even know about. But there's something about this transformational, inspirational view, which is only possible through space, that means a lot to human beings. And so that's what I'm going to talk about. All I know is that if someone offered me a seat, I'd, I'd say yes in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could offer it to you. <laughs> but I'm uh, maybe. Maybe, maybe one of these days somebody will do that. Frank, just one thing more as we're almost out of time, and we ask this of all of our guests, but look out, if you would, over the next 10 to 15 years or so, and thinking about space commerce and your role in it, and tell me what you see. Right. I'm focusing a lot of my attention on large-scale space migration. Um, I've written a paper called How Much Space is in Space. And uh, in writing that paper, I came to the awareness that in my opinion, we need for billions of people, not millions, to migrate into the solar ecosystem. That's not an easy task. And in order to do that, <clears throat> we're gonna need everybody of all kinds you know, the idea of diversity and inclusion is just built into that. But 
we're going to need for entrepreneurs and commercial operators to get involved in a big way as as they are as you know i mean there's a lot of people in interested in this however i think it would be great if it would be seen as part of a larger vision and i co-founded the human space program to create a blueprint for sustainable inclusive and ethical evolution of humanity into the solar ecosystem and i don't have any doubt space commerce is booming it will be booming in 10 to 15 years i i believe there will be a lot of organizations who will actually doing um, building habitats providing services space tourism will be significant the infrastructure will be there and whatever entrepreneurs and uh, companies do on earth i think they'll be doing off the planet the the big issue is will we do it with this awareness where we don't have to go back and figure out how do we repair the mistakes we've made that that's the big challenge that's going to be my role my role is not to halt this expansion not to be anti-entrepreneur and anti-commerce but to try to help create a framework in which it can happen to the benefit of all and and that it will be for all all of humanity will benefit it won't be this dichotomy of earth and space and it definitely won't be the narrative of billionaires in space we're we're going to go way beyond that to a better way of understanding it i'm going to have to leave it there frank thank you so much for being my guest on the xterra podcast my pleasure frank white is the author of the overview effect space exploration and human evolution and his follow-up book the cosma hypothesis implications of the overview effect that's going to do it for this edition of the xterra podcast Check out our YouTube channel and be sure to click on subscribe so you can stay up to date on developments in space commerce and be notified when we post new videos. You can also get daily space commerce news at xterrajsc.com. And one thing more, be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter at xterrajsc. Until next time, I'm Tom Patton. Thanks for joining us.